Hi folks, Gary Van Wormerdam, pathwaytohappiness.com. And I want to share about the voices in our heads, that incessant chatter, that overthinking that goes on, and give you some perspective on, on how I think about it, or how my mind thinks about it, or what we might say is how the different voices in my head think about it. I got to wanting to do this because talking to a number of clients recently, and they talked about the, the incredible shift it was to realize that the thoughts in their head weren't coming from them. They'd heard the line, you know, you're not your mind, you're not your mind, but it was an empty phrase. It didn't mean anything. But when they were able to move out of the point of view of those thoughts and uh, point of view of the mind and see that it was coming up with all these thoughts all by itself, it was a relief. And from there, I can say from the point of view of the witness observer of consciousness, that point of view of consciousness, they could then, you know, first of all, feel relieved that they weren't the one thinking those thoughts, but also then to be able to work with the belief systems and the emotions that were causing the thoughts. That, those, that was the source that those thoughts were arising from. For what I do in the self-mastery course and what I teach, it's like that's fundamental. You can't start changing the mind from inside the mind. So you need to get outside of it into this conscious observer. And just to understand that that's possible and, and, and how to do it and why that makes sense. Some things I'll cover here. The first thing kind of to address is the stigma associated with having voices in your head. It's been a program belief, a perception that we hear. It's like, that means you're crazy. That means you have schizophrenia. That means you might be dangerous. And so there's another part of the mind goes that, no, there aren't voices in my head. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't allow us to consider that option because there's such a stigma. And so we immediately repress that and just continue on as if they're not there or more likely that it is, I'm the one doing the thinking. You're either a person who's aware that your mind thinks on its own and has these thoughts on its own, or you're the person that's so aligned with the identity of the one doing the thinking that it feels like you're doing all the thinking. But if you move into a conscious awareness, you realize the mind can do the thinking all by itself. You know, it's, it's as if you're so absorbed in the role as an actor, you just become the part. And that's what happens when we are really identified with the thoughts in our mind that we're the one thinking them. Okay, And we're in these automatic roles, living these unconscious patterns and beliefs. I think we, we all have a sense that we have voices in our head. I, I think this is a, a healthy, honest conversation to have. Well, at least from where I come from in consciousness. Because we, we've all heard the joke about an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, and one's telling us, don't do it, and the other one's, yeah, do it, yeah, do it. No, don't do it, yeah, do it. It's like, you know, we all get that joke. So we all know what it is to have different parts of our mind giving us different messages. And that if we're one, if it's us doing the thinking over here, it can't also be us doing the thinking over here in a completely opposite way. It's like, could we be both? We don't have an explanation for that 
in a in a limited mindset when we say, oh, if you're doing that, you're crazy. Like, no, that's not the only option. There's multiple ways to think about something, and you're able to adopt multiple points of view from, hey, I could look at it this way, or I could look at it this way. And I call those, you know, different belief programs. You can look at it from this paradigm, and you can look at it from this paradigm. Just this issue of where the, the thoughts in your head are coming from. Hey, is it coming from me all the time, or is it coming from a belief system that I'm identified with. You know, those are two different paradigms. And we, we can move into one and move out of it and, and look at it the other way. These two paradigms have their own thought process. Another thing to, to realize about the mind coming up with its own, and I'm just, I'm just talking about giving evidence to the fact that this mind just comes up with its own thoughts all by itself not from you consciously choosing them. Your mind's going to come up with random thoughts all the time. And silly stuff, you'll think of something funny. You're not choosing what you're going to think 30 seconds from now. You'll form an opinion about what you think of this video at some point, but did you consciously choose or just did it arise automatically? Can you question it and go, well, you know, did he have a point? Or does he just have thoughts in his head and, you know, voices in his head? Is he just trying to rationalize it to other people so he feels better about himself, right? You can, you can make up that opinion as well. My point here is your thoughts are rising out of the mind whether you want them to or not. And if you are one of those people who lay down and go to sleep and except some nights you're really busy thinking about something, oh, I got to do this at work tomorrow and I'm stressed about this, your mind's busy problem, problem solving. It's busy still thinking, and you want to go, well, that's all fine. I'm going to go to sleep. But the mind doesn't turn off. You don't control it. If it was you doing your thinking, you say, well, I'm going to go to sleep, you would stop thinking. But it doesn't work that way, does it? You see that the mind is running its automated programs, and those automated programs are basically you're seeing the results of unconscious beliefs. So that's one moment you can say, well, that notion that I'm the one doing the conscious thinking all the time isn't true. And you just need to look at that a few places or just one place and you realize the paradigm of I'm the one doing the thinking all the time doesn't apply. There's got to be other explanations. If you go and you sit and you meditate, so okay, I'm going to sit and meditate. I'm going to try this thing and quiet my mind. What happens? You start to see your mind get loud usually louder than it's normally, when you go sit to be quiet. And partially that happens is you're disrupting the normal pattern of what you're supposed to be doing according to your belief system. Your belief system's going to protest because you're not following its assigned task, which is be productive, go get things done. You see the mind might have a belief system program about where your value is spent. Being productive gives you value, and if you're sitting there doing nothing, you have no value, and so it's uncomfortable. It's getting you close to feeling, I have no value, I have no value if I'm not doing anything. And so it's protesting. It says you're wasting your time. This isn't working. Go be productive. So you'll see the belief system kind of talk you out of in a loud voice protesting, complaining about this meditation thing. So whenever you're kind of doing something that's in conflict with your belief system, 
you'll see it push back. One of the other places where we think that all that thinking is coming from us is because a lot of times we can direct the mind. If I'm going to rehearse what I'm going to say, I'm running through the script in my head. And I'm consciously deciding what I'm going to say. Okay, I'm going to do this, 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 this. Or what I'm going to do that day. Like I'm, I can consciously use this mind and direct it in a thinking way. Now, does that mean that therefore everything the mind thinks is something that I'm making it think? No. No, by that same logic, I can consciously move this hand. I can open and close it, open and close it, right? So I'm consciously moving the hand. But does that mean that every movement of the hand is something that I consciously do? No. Brush my teeth? I don't think about that. Drink and eat? Drive a car? This hand moves. It's moving now unconsciously. I'm talking with my hands. So it moves a lot of the times automatically, unconsciously. Yes, I can direct it, but it doesn't mean that I everything movement is consciously directed. There's a lot of un unconscious movements. So your mind can have unconscious thoughts also. Yes, you can consciously direct your mind, you can consciously direct your hand, but they can also operate on their own. And you know that because your mind comes up with some really bizarre thoughts that surprise you at times. Funny thoughts are often like that. And go, wow, I have this mind and it comes up with stuff by its own and it thinks thoughts by itself. How is that possible? Let's look at it this way. You are either consciously aligned, I'm doing the one thinking, or you are the observer of the thinking. You're the observer of the mind. And for some people that's easy to do, for some people it, it takes some practice, but it's quite possible. Okay, just like you can watch your hand move all on its own. You're not directing every detailed motion of that hand. Like I could scratch my head, I feel an itch, and, and the hand just does that. And I don't have to think of every detailed motion. I mean, I could, but you can watch your mind in the same way. As you make that shift, you're moving into a point of view of awareness, of being consciousness, for lack of a better word. Consciousness, big topic. Save that for another day. Consciousness has been there inside you, part of you, in a way bigger than the mind the whole time. Uh, this isn't a new thing that you're moving into. It actually was a place that you started. If you ever watch a baby, you're connecting with a baby. You see this presence of a baby. You see its curiosity and its eyes and its wonder, and it's just taking everything in. And like, Part of its, its presence is just going out and you can feel it. You have an experience of that presence of a baby. That's consciousness. And it's there when you're born. It's there when everybody's born. And over time, we learn all these beliefs and thoughts and ways of thinking and emotional reactions and behavior patterns. And we get layered so automatically in those that you know, by the time we're adults, 95% of our thoughts, emotions, behaviors are, are run by unconscious beliefs. 
that consciousness is still there. It's always been there. But it can be like in this tug of war with between the belief system, I'll call it. BS for short. Consciousness there, it's always has been there, always will be there. And you're not going crazy as you move into consciousness and watch your mind. You're actually becoming more sane, more present with yourself, more present with other people. It's just that the mind, the belief system of the mind and the ego is not used to that. And so it becomes very well, scared one way it reacts. It reacts in different ways. Anytime you're breaking the rules, this breaks the paradigm of what it's used to. Another way of seeing how the, the mind is operating, and you can watch it, sometimes we'll, mind will ask a question. And I'm not going to say anymore that you ask a question. I'm going to make that separation in the language I use and say, the mind asks a question. And see some workers working across the street. So what are they doing over there? Ask from the point of view of curiosity or not knowing. And then another part of the mind says, oh, they're probably working on the traffic light or the water line or, right? Like, yeah, that's probably what they're doing. And another part of your mind makes up an answer. Here you can see different parts of the mind with different belief programming agendas. Now you, you can start to see how different belief programs do different things. One part's curious. It's wanting to know things. It's like that two-year-old that says, why is the sky blue and why is the grass green? Why, 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 why? It's like, what, what is going on in there? Why are they doing that? So you have a curious program. But then that curious program, if it doesn't have an answer, <laughs> starts to shake. It's, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's anxious. I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's going on. And so it has another calming program that says, let's give this curious part, this need to know, program an answer and it goes oh they're working on the waterline that's probably it okay and now this part has an answer doesn't know if it's true but it stopped asking the question for the moment it's need to know is satisfied you go on to the next thing that it thinks about this answer part that says i know how to calm that part let's give it an answer even if it's made up these are different programs of beliefs and self-processing and managing your own emotions in a way at times. And you can have many belief system programs that you've developed over your life. You have one that's, say you're in high school or younger and you're like, oh, well, let's go have fun. Let's go to the movies. Yeah, that'll be fun. And so there's your fun program. And then you have another one that's your responsible program. It's, ah, but I've got a test I've got to study for. And you're like, now you have this conflict. And so you, you have a third program that says, I got to solve this conflict because this is uncomfortable. It's I got to be responsible, I got to take care of my future, and but I want to go have fun. So you have a conflict between your programs. And maybe you decide an answer like, ah, I'll study later. I'll stay up late and study later after the movies. And so there you resolve it. And the conversation ends. And so it's a very quick conversation between different parts of your mind. You think that you're thinking about it, but you're thinking about it through the lens of different belief programs. The part that wants to have fun, the part that wants to be responsible and do well in the future, and the part that says, I'm going to resolve this internal conflict by shuffling the schedule. Okay, so you've got these little, three little programs that are running. Three different voices in your head, but it looked like you could play all three. Right? And that's just good thinking and management and trying to get your needs met that 
when they compete. Problem is, when these different voices in your head, you're identified with them, or maybe you move out to consciousness, but they're still trying to solve problems. You're older, the problems are bigger, the problems are more complex, and they don't have a simple answer. And now you have these different belief programs have stronger voices, I call them characters. Okay, they're, they're their own individual, individual voices. The one idea is like, ah, oh, I wanna go on vacation, I wanna go to Fiji. But the other voice who wants to be responsible says, I want to save money for a down payment on a house. I want, to, I, I want to take care of my financial future. And both of these are stronger. It says, but God, but why, why wait to live and you know, put that off for another day? This is really living life and let's go enjoy and live in the moment. And so you have a stronger program. And there's not a short answer of I'll study later because you still want to save money and you have invested this in this idea of having a house by a certain date. And so you're debating on whether you should go to Fiji and spend the money. And then you're up at night thinking about it and you're thinking about buying the house, but now there's other programs. Part of you is trying to predict the future. You've got a forecaster. Okay. If I buy the house and should I buy the house, wait and save more down payment, or should I just put a lesser down payment and pay more of a monthly fee? Or should I maybe get in the market now while it's still going up so at least I have something, buy a condo, and it's not my dream house, but at least I'm starting in the market and I can trade it in later. But what about interest rates and what's gonna happen with the economy and what if my job is precarious, I get laid off? And so now you've got six different variables, you've got six different voices, and you still don't have a solution to the problem but they're trying to figure out everything about the future, all the variables, guess what's gonna happen in the future, figure out the problems and avoid those problems because you have belief programs that are trying to avoid failure, you have belief programs trying to be success, to be financially responsible and have fun, and these belief systems conflict, and all those voices are debating <laughs> these different agendas, but you don't have a way to solve it through one virtual version of the future versus another virtual version of the future. These are all just imagined versions with voices kind of like the spokesperson for each belief system agenda. And they can't agree because it's all taken place in a virtual space and there's no concrete answer. So this is where you can start to see when you, when you practice some exercises and you move out into the observer, you go, oh, that's what my mind is doing. It's imagining problems, it's trying to predict the future so it can solve problems about the future. This isn't easy to see when you're in the point of view of a belief system because every one of those agendas and, and what it's trying to solve looks true and looks very important. But outside you're like, oh, that's just a story in virtual space in my mind trying to map onto reality, but it's not reality. That's why you might have these conversations, multiple voices in your head, characters as I call them, all having debates, arguments, 
not just about, about a house, about what you did, what you should do, how you're a terrible person, how you're the best person, how you did something wonderful, how you screwed that up and the things you're supposed to do to make it up to people. All of that can create, you know, there's a lot of stories, particularly you're merged with the identity of those voices, a lot of painful emotions. And that's when the unconscious belief system is really takes you for an emotional ride and into, into suffering in hell is when you're identified with the mind and those kind of self-judging stories. And that's when you're like, okay, at a certain point you, you can't stand it anymore. And I got to do something to change this. And the answer at that point isn't by siding with one of the stories in the belief system as if that's true. Okay, because you still have the other point of view that's pushing up against it. The more you buffer up one side, the louder the opposing side gets. So taking one side or the other is, is generally not the long-term solution. Yes, you may need an answer to a situation, but you have a completely different set of options when you step outside what your belief system programming is, is trying to give you. Because understand that belief system programming is what you acquired in the past. It's what you inquired in the past about what responsible is, how to manage emotions, how to, things to tell yourself or what to decide so you feel better, how you make other people happy, how you avoid getting them upset with you. These are the kind of belief system programs we learned, you know, three, five, eight years old. And we've been building on making more elaborate and subtle till our adult life. Problem is those, those patterns automated programs we've been building on since three, five, eight years old may not work in our adult relationships. We need a different solution than they, than what they offer. I think that might help understand where these belief systems come from, why you might see a lot of conflicting voices, incessant thinking, and why it's not you doing all that thinking. And it might explain why some people, you know, think they don't have voices in their head. They can be just in a simple belief system program, like, well, this is the way I am, this is the way the world is, and they have a very simple model and they don't deviate from it. Well, from that point of view, you've got one line of thinking. No, you don't have voices in your head because you don't, you don't live outside or, or upset this belief system program. You don't do anything that's in conflict with it. And again, that can change when you go to sit and meditate and be quiet. And you realize, wow, the voices in my head are really loud. Why can't I stop thinking? Why, is it, why does it get louder when I go to sit and meditate? And a lot of your belief system don't even know, know it. You don't know that you automatically drive on the, well, in the States, on the right side of the road, but I think if you're in Britain, it's on the left. Until, say, I went to Britain and... I'm driving with my friend, we're on the left side of the road, and my mind is not squaring this data. I know intellectually, yes, we drive on the left side of the road in Britain, but part of my psyche was going, this just seems wrong. I had to reorder some circuits about what side of the road you drive on. So that's when you feel it. And a little way to test this, sit and meditate, decide to quiet your mind, you'll watch your mind get loud, or, this is one I gave to some clients at a certain point. When you're eating, leave a few bites of food, maybe just two, three bites of food on the plate. 
don't finish that it's the last couple of bites leave it on the plate a restaurant or home and watch your mind maybe come up with oh this is wasteful food this is a waste of food people are starving in the world this is wrong i shouldn't do this i'm supposed to do everything on my plate think you'll see the belief system start to talk or maybe you'll just notice it as an uncomfortable emotion like uh, you're going to notice that your mind gets loud okay so one of the ways that people kind of have learned to be kind of quiet and think and, and not have voices in their head is they stay aligned with the programming of their beliefs and they don't step, move outside the lines they follow the rules and therefore it always they don't notice that it's talking because they don't do anything that makes the belief system uncomfortable one of the things that happens when you start to notice your belief system is you'll start to feel that dissonance you left some food on the plate okay you're sitting to meditate you're going to quiet your mind and you're going to watch this belief system activate because you're not doing the thing that's productive you're doing the thing that's wasteful and so you're going to see that belief system activate because you aren't lockstep with it and so you're going to feel something uncomfortable and you're going to feel kind of a oh here's what the belief system says but here's what i'm doing and, and leaving a couple bites of food on my plate is totally fine it's not like the people that are starving elsewhere in the world we're going to get this food anyways Uh, sitting here for five minutes or 10 or 20, being quiet in meditation isn't wasteful. It's mindfulness, and, and the studies have shown it's a very good use of your time that will benefit you in your life. But the voices in your head don't know that. And so as you sit with that awareness that this isn't good use of my time, and the voices in your head are saying it isn't, you have these two different systems, one telling you it's a waste of time, and awareness saying, no, this is a good use of my time. And these two paradigms are in conflict, and you're going to sit and watch both. And one's telling you the truth, and one's lying, and maybe it seems like they're both telling you the truth. But whatever it is, something's not right because they're in conflict, and you're going to feel that conflict. You're going to feel a dissonance. That's actually a good, healthy feeling because somewhere in that distance, A, you're moving into conscious awareness because you're not aligned with either of them, ideally. That's, that's the direction of consciousness. And the second part of that distance is your brain, the neural pathways in your brain are rewiring. They are rewiring for you to be in a point of view of consciousness and for the belief system to have to reorder to fit a different version that's closer to reality. And that allows you freedom to, to break out of the lockstep rules and path that it's pushing you down. So what you'll discover as you, as you work with and you move outside these voices in your head is that feeling of dissonance. It's, it's got an uncomfortable quality to it. There can be a relief like, oh God, thank God, that's not me doing all that thinking, and there can be a kind of dissonance is that now you start to notice that what it is doing doesn't fit with reality. 
but that dissonance is a healthy thing. That's growth. That's your consciousness growing. That's your belief system reordering. Letting go of these voices in your head has this quality of dissonance to the process. And just know that that's helpful when you, when you start to feel that. Hope this is helpful in understanding there's, yes, voices in your head. It's quite normal. Some people are identified with them and they think it's their thinking and some people are aware and they're watching them. It's very normal. You know, we're all used to the joke. We've got a devil and an angel and we've got different ways of looking at things. Different parts of our mind, subpersonalities are running their individual agendas and belief systems. And they inform us through dialogue, through, through thinking. Okay? And the mind does this all by itself. And it doesn't mean anything have to do with a mental illness problem. If you get some really dangerous thoughts, you know, you're simply the observer of them and uh, you don't have to believe them. If you find in that very small percentage of people it's, it's a dangerous thing where they might act on it, then it's an issue. Then it's an issue to get help with. But most all of this for, for people is managed through mindfulness practices and such things as my self-mastery course and, and different processes that I have on my website. Hope that's helpful. This is Gary Van Warmerdam, pathwaytohappiness.com, about the voices in your head. They're trying to help you, believe it or not. They just have very old programs and probably need to be updated. Take care.